Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you done yet? We're going to start the show. Bobby Orr, behind the left of Sanderson, to Orr! Bobby Orr! Orr from the Boston Bulls! 30 seconds left in the period, the Bruins are shorthanded. Ray Bork. Hey, Bruins fans, welcome back for episode four of the Black and Gold Prospects podcast, uh, sponsored by betonline.ag. Uh, it is November 5th, 2019. We're back a uh, little hiatus last week, trying to get caught up on these folks, so bear with us, please. Um, but the, we, we're going to cover the week of um, October 27th to November 3rd. So uh, with me, as always, is my boy, Tim Richardson from the great state of Maine. What's going on, Rich? I mean, Tim. <laughs> Not a lot. How are you? I'm going, I'm doing all right. Uh, just uh, busy as always. You know how it is. It's, uh, it's never a dull moment over at Team Black and Gold. So um, constantly doing something. I get out, I get out of work and, and it seems like I go right back to work. But I love it regardless. I'm, I, I complain a lot, but you know how it goes. Absolutely. Yeah, it's good. But we're bringing on some new new members, and and that takes time to train. So, I, I you know I appreciate that. I want to have everybody up to speed when when um when when they come on board. So, 
I mean, with that being said, obviously we're, we're constantly looking for new writers at the NHL level and, and the minor pro levels of the Boston Bruins. So if you're interested, please send me a, an email at blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com. Find all that information. Get in touch with me on Twitter or our, our three uh, accounts that we have at, at Black and Gold. So uh, we'd love to talk to you and see if you have, would, would be able to fit in, on a team like this. We, uh, we produce some pretty decent content, in my opinion. What do you think? And, and while I'm on it, Tim, just briefly explain your experience and what you've gotten out of this platform. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed it a lot. When I came on, it's been about almost a year now. Um, I didn't necessarily know what I wanted to write about. Um, and started out doing the prospect profiles. Uh, then after a few weeks, uh, started doing the uh, previews for Providence on the weekend. And it's just kind of helped me kind of keep my mind sharp a little bit, I guess. I, I, I'm someone who I went to college for six and a half years. I miss the kind of uh, academics from time to time. And I miss kind of keeping my mind sharp like that. So it's, it's helped me out a lot with that. Um, I've enjoyed that. And it's helped me kind of get out of my shell a little bit and kind of put my own work out there. And I mean, what more can you ask for, really? Yeah, it's been a solid, solid addition, especially to covering the, the Providence Bruins. And the previews have been awesome. I know I've, I've gotten a ton of feedback from many, many folks that say these are great. Get me ready for a Providence Bruins game that they're going to be attending or, or just, uh, just to read up and be ready for uh, what's to come uh, when they look at the stat sheet and so on, see how these players are going. It's always good to have some familiarity with what's going on in the, in the minor pro system. And that's the kind of thing that we try to provide is, is just kind of like a service. We get together, we talk, like we love talking, Bruins hockey and as, and we're on the same platform as the black Gold hockey podcast and all these listeners that, that are on that listen to that on the regular know that, we're just huge prospect people and we just love to give the information out there to the folks that want to hear us banter. You know what I mean? So. Absolutely. Hey guys, before we start talking about the Providence Bruins, I'd like to talk to you about today's show sponsor, betonline.ag. The Boston Bruins are over a month into their 2019-20 regular season. The New England Patriots are halfway through their 2019 football regular season. And the Boston Celtics just started their 2019-20 campaign. So placing a wager on any professional sport in Boston has never been more exciting than with the great folks at betonline.ag. You can place a wager on any of the action in the American Hockey League, National Hockey League, baseball, football, basketball, NASCAR, and many other popular worldwide sports. And guess what? Because you're a loyal listeners of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast and CLNS Media Content, we're giving you a 50% bonus on top onto your sports betting bankroll when you go to betonline.ag and use code CLNS50. This added bonus is only for your first ever deposit, and the best part is the bonus is added onto your balance within seconds. Again, support our Black and Gold Hockey podcast by going to betonline.ag and use code CLNS50. Remember, a minimum deposit of $55 is required to qualify for the bonus. Please see BetOnline's general rules for additional terms and conditions regarding bonuses. Don't sit on the sidelines during your favorite Boston sports seasons. Get in all the action with BetOnline.ag, your online sports wagering experts. Let's get right into it, man. It's been a, it's been a real busy week. 
Well, like I said, we, we are going to be covering the week of October 27th to November 3rd. Um, so the American Hockey League Providence Bruins, uh, they played start on the Sunday, the 27th. Since we missed last week's show, we're just going to get you caught, caught up on the uh, four games that the Providence Bruins did play. So uh, on October 27th, it was a Sunday. They played the Belleville Senators at the dunk. Um, and the score came out a little uh, not, not, not what we expected. We definitely wanted to see the, the Providence team win this game. Um, but they, they came out uh, a little on fire on the first period goal by Jakob Lauko, his third of the season, uh, assisted by Zach Seneshin and Alex Petrovic. Uh, then it went kind of lopsided after that. They just really couldn't recover, uh, giving up a, a quick goal to Belleville, who tied it uh, with the second goal. And then Providence I went the, with the go-ahead goal, the two-to-one goal from Ryan Fitzgerald. He's been really good lately. Uh, he gets his fourth goal of the season from Chris Breen, Trent Frederick. Um, and then Belleville comes back, ties it, and then goes ahead. Uh, so now going into the second period, it's tied 3-3. Three to three, But Paul Carey at the 16-minute mark of the second period gets his fifth of the season from Petrovic and Lantosi. And uh, that was it. The 4-3 the to three final went to Belleville on the uh, third period goal from, um, I'm not saying, Ambryoff. Uh, so the Providence Bruins lose four to three, unfortunately, in front of the home crowd of 6,616. And, uh, yeah. So what do you think of that game? Um, couple like positive things. Uh, the Providence was able to keep Belleville off the score sheet on the power play. Belleville was over four. So it's good to see the penalty kill, um, kind of tighten up a little bit there. Uh, that's been a problem all year. They were only one for five on the power play themselves, which is kind of rough. You want to see something better than that, obviously. But um, at least they got a goal and they weren't shut out with that. Uh, <laughs> Max Legacy has been, has been great for them all year. He had a rough start to the game. Um, he had only uh, faced a few shots, I think six total shots and giving up three goals. So it's tough to see that. But uh, Kyle Kaiser came on in relief and played really well, um, stopping 20 of 21. And he looked like he was starting to get his uh, feet under him a little bit with that game. And I think that was probably his best performance of the year um, to, up to that point. And it's too bad that old friend Jordan Schwartz there uh, got the assist on the game-winning goal for Belleville. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that was a pretty messed up game. Um, wasn't this – no, it was Lavelle. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, it was a yeah, pretty back-and-forth game. Um, but, yeah, you, these, these teams you got to beat, especially – but the Bruins are doing, are doing pretty good right now. So a loss like this isn't bad. It's not like they've been, like, bad as they've been trending in the past couple of years when it's just tough to get out of the gate. They're right up there in the second, third – hovering around the, uh, the first place hot, the Wolfpack. So uh, I expect these, this team to be better and hopefully beat teams like this. But I thought it was an entertaining game uh, when, when Kaiser came in in relief. I, I saw some really good things from him. His development is going pretty good. So, um, yeah, a tough one for Legacy when he's been playing so good and in, in like one of the top uh, 12, top 15 goaltenders in, in the American Hockey League. So 
Uh, moving on to the next one, it was on, uh, on the road in Rochester, New York. It was Wednesday, October 30th. The Providence Bruins went to the Blue Cross Arena um, and, and got on the board quick. Not quick, but uh, they got on the board first with a Robert Lantosi goal at the 13-17 mark of the first period. That's from Alex Petrovic and Pierre Solarik. That was on the power play. Um, and the second period, the Providence Bruins at 6-11 get a, uh, a goal from Jack Sanika, his second from Cameron Hughes and, and Jeremy Lawson. That was a shorthanded goal. And so was, uh, the special teams is really, really off, off the charts on the start of this game because in the second period at 15-29, Zach Senishin scores his first goal from Jakobs Borrell on the power play. And then it, the kind of wheels fell off a little bit. Rochester gets back into the game. Um, but uh, in the third period, uh, Paul Carey uh, wraps it up with his sixth, the sixth goal of the season from Solarik and Petrovic. And um, it was, that was on the power play. So uh, the Providence Bruins have a victory on the road against the Rochester Americans, 4-3. to three. Uh, thoughts on that game, which I thought was another tough battle. Yeah, it was another tough battle. One thing that was good to see, um, after a tough loss uh, previously to, to Belleville, it's nice to see them bounce back and score first. I, felt that, I think that was the biggest thing. That was really important that they got on the board first there. Uh, like you said, special teams played great. All four goals were special teams goals. They were three for six on the power play and then got the shorthanded goal. And they held Rochester – um, to zero for six on the power play, which is awesome. Seeing the PK um, tighten up again, that was back-to-back games where they held teams scoreless um, on power play. So that's really good. Uh, Legacy had a really good bounce-back game, had 32 of 35 that he stopped. Um, so that's also good to see. Um, I think that's the main thing. When you have a young team like this, a one bad loss can – kind of snowball and the fact that they didn't let it snowball and affect them is huge. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, Legacy comes back uh, and with a strong effort. Uh, saves 35. I'm sorry, saves 32 with 35 shots. What is going on here? Craziness. But um, yeah, another good, decent game. Um, I'm getting a lot of static, so I'm really sorry about that, folks. Uh, but we're just going to continue because I'm not putting this off for another week. <laughs> um, so uh, moving on to the next game. It was the uh, 1st of November, I believe, because I got to switch the calendar here on the old AHL. It was Friday, November 1st in Utica, New York. Uh, the Providence Bruins traveled to the Adirondack Bank Center. And uh, statement game, my friend, statement game right here. This is like we need to get back into this. Uh, we need to focus and not lose um, and not go up by so much and then let the, let the opponents come back so quickly. But um, real quickly, the, uh, the, the Providence Bruins get on the board. Zach Seneshin scores his second goal in as many games at the 622 mark of the first period. He is assisted by Cameron Hughes, who's been playing well. Talk about him a little bit later. And, and recently recalled forward from Atlanta, uh, Juna Companion gets his first goal, uh, and that was unassisted. So 
the game ends right there uh, at the Adirondack Bank Center with a two to nothing shutout. Uh, that was a Max Legacy, Legacy shutout. His third of the season. <laughs> that's that was excellent. That was a great game, as you said. Um, Utica was over four on the power play, so that was against great to see the penalty kill there. Utica going into the game was eight no. They had scored about four point eight goals a game and only given up one point eight goals a game. That was their first eight games. They were absolutely dominating teams, and Providence shut them out. Do not beautiful win, as you said, statement win. And that's really what you want to see from a young team. Yes, absolutely, and and um, I I just couldn't believe I didn't expect this at all to go into Utica after and going up eight and all. I was like, this is going to be their their first really really big challenge of the year. And uh, just to go into another another team's barn that's that's red hot in front of their own crowd, which was which was sparse. I mean, it's the AHL; they don't get a hell of a crowds. Uh, but um, no, I mean to shut them out and so on. And they got some pretty good talent over there. Um, I heard a couple of names that I've heard uh, drafted recently. I'm not overly sure which ones because it's been a couple of days. But oh, I'm mean, gonna get it right in front of me. Um, I thought old friend Zane McIntyre was going to get the uh, the the uh, the call, but um, I think it's Joel Farabee. I was hoping. Uh, I, it was uh, Michael DiPietro. Yeah, he was the goaltender. He played really well. But Cole Lind, Cole yeah, Lind is me. one that I thought is has played goal. Uh, uh, Caulfield, and um, there's another one that's that's really good. Oli Ulevi, that's what I meant. Oli Ulevi. So, enjoy. I think it's uh, Breezebois, but no, they, was, they got some good players over there, but to shut out that team is uh, pretty impressive. <laughs> you should see this bug on my screen right now. It's crazy. <laughs> it just flew on my screen. But uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take a picture of this. But um, regardless, moving on to the next game, uh, which is the uh, – the third game of this current road trip. Um, let me snap a photo of that. Boom. All right. Back to it. The Providence Bruins traveled to the Giant Center uh, down in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Um, th- this was a crazy one because I got a lot to read right here. The Providence Bruins go down two to nothing uh, in the first period. Then a little bit of life at the 1521 mark of the first. Brandon Woods gets his first goal from Cameron Hughes and Jakob Svorl. Uh, shortly after that, I think around two minutes, if my math is good, uh, in the first period, Paul Carey gets his seventh goal of the season from Studnika and Robert Lantosi. Uh, Hershey gets on the board. They're up three to two. Providence ties it up with a uh, at 1659 with a goal and a first goal from Jakob Sborl, which was a bomb, an absolute yeah. bomb. Oh, I loved it. And, and Bruins Network and a bunch of other uh, affiliate or, or um, uh, Twitter accounts out there were uh, retweeting it and so on, but it was awesome, just an absolute rocket. Um, and that was from Una Companion. I'm probably hacking that name, but I don't care. And, but uh, on, on – Unfortunate, the the Providence Bruins end up giving up two more goals 
um, to uh, end the game at a five to three uh, road loss. And um, yeah, and they had one shorthanded goal scored on them. So that's not good. No, giving up the shorthanded goal is kind of bad there. You don't, you never want to give up a shorthanded goal. Those are goals that kind of are inexcusable almost. Um, Hershey was 0 for 5 on the power play, so the penalty kill over the past four or five games has been a lot better than it had been. Um, it was only trending at 75%, so uh, to go ahead and be that stingy is really good. Uh, Kaiser wasn't awful in that. He shot 28 of 33 shots. Uh, he could he could have been better, but he's a young goaltender. They're going to have games like these where um, they're just going to give up goals. It, it happens. It's part of the growing pains of being in the AHL and being a young goaltender. Uh, their goal pen, the goaltender on the other side was really good, um, stopping 20 of 23. I think kind of that's the biggest thing is they only had 23 shots on net to Hershey's 33. You kind of got to generate more offense than that if you want to win. Um, getting getting outshot by 10 shots in a on a consistent basis isn't they're playing well overall right now and I think that I don't think I think this game is I don't think this game is necessarily a precursor to bad things to come I just think it was one of those games that yeah. just wasn't right yeah when you talk about Kyle Kaiser and, and him having a rough start I, I there's a couple of those goals that I think that were were kind of his fault for being a rookie in a new league you know what I mean so it, those are kind of the mistakes, but there was a lot of the goals that I thought that that Hershey scored on him were um, uh, his his team in front of him were really let down. There were a lot of puck watching um, and you know basically thinking that he might be able to make that save, but unfortunately uh, that's not the way the puck bounces all the time. Uh, and I believe that there should have been better. And I'm not knocking the the, the Province Bruins defense. I'm not crapping on them. I'm just saying that. When you know that there's a goaltender in there that's that's still developing, this is a developmental league, of course. But and he needs your support. I, you know, I just think you, you step it up just a little bit more to get that kid more involved um, emotionally, physically, and whatever in, into the game. So, um, but he's he's a solid prospect. I, I really don't consider numbers in the American Hockey League such a huge factor. I just want to see him get the games, get the repetitions. Uh, get the training that he needs, the support that he needs from uh, the Providence Bruins management, training staff, and so on, coaching staff throughout. And then take that and absorb that and go on to the next level and possibly be Tuka Rask's um, uh, replacement in, the, in a couple of years. So who knows? But terrible game in Hershey. There's no way you want to go down there and grab yeah, any chocolate. I agree. So, and... <laughs> That was it. So the next game, wait a minute. No, that was it. So that's for the Providence Bruins. The next games that are coming up are November 9th against the Bridgeport Sound Tigers and Sunday the 10th. That's a game I'm going to be at um, covering from the press box uh, against the Hartford Wolfpack. And the Hartford Wolfpack are leading the Atlantic Division right now. Um, so that should be a good game and another good test, but, uh, even more at home on our home ice, there's no Patriots 
There's absolutely no Patriots this week on Sunday, folks. Go to the Providence Bruins games. They're cheap money. $18 gets you a front row seat. Front row seat. And, and me, I'm, a, I'm the press guy. I'm way in the back. <laughs> but $18 gets, you, $18 gets you a front row seat. There's no excuse to bring you and your family. Have a great time at the Providence Bruins game. It's so easy to get to. Um, just do it. But that is the weekend coming up. I, oh, I'm sorry. Monday. Monday, Veterans Day. We honor our, our awesome veterans that, that will never be forgotten. Um, there's a game at the dunk at 3.05, uh, November 11th. And um, another game that you should bring your kids if you happen to have the day off. And uh, our new Providence Bruins writer for us at the blackandgoldhockey.com, Carrie Young, is going to be covering her first professional game that day. So good on her. And I'm glad that she's getting the experience. So uh, just to wrap, just to give you a wrap up on the American Hockey League and an update, uh, Paul Carey leads the way with uh, seven goals, three assists, 10 points in 13 games. Peter Solarik, even though he's going up and down the 95 interstate, uh, has six goals, four assists, 10 points in seven games. Alex Petrovic, who, who has been a real surprise as, a, uh, as a, an aging defenseman, a veteran, um, but he, didn't, he doesn't go down and sulk. I, I'm really impressed with the way he plays. Uh, real, real solid uh, veteran presence to these uh, developing kids. Uh, he's got a goal, nine assists, 10 points in 13 games. Uh, Jack Stadnika has uh, two goals, six assists, eight points in 13 games. Ryan Fitzgerald, four goals, three assists, seven points in 13 games. And Robert Lantosi has been playing well. He's got three goals, four assists, seven points in nine games. And recently called up Cameron Hughes uh, has two goals, four assists, six points. When you talk about Cameron Hughes real quick, yep. he's, his, he was not brought up the other night for his goal scoring in the Providence, in the Providence team. What he was brought up for is – the way he makes impacts in certain parts of the game. Um, and once you do that, you get that the coaches notice that coaches are obviously going to notice what you do on the score sheet, but they're also going to notice when and where you make a certain impact on that team. So, and I find Cameron Hughes to be a solid uh, two way player. Uh, he's good uh, four checker. He's got good speed. He's got, he's got good hands. I, I wish he could use them more and be a little more creative, but the role that he plays is good. And I talked to Jay Leach uh, on opening weekend, Providence Bruins head coach, and I asked him about Cameron Hughes and, and what he brings to the Providence Bruins organization. And Jay Leach told me, he's, like, he's one of those guys that you can just plug anywhere in the top four lines and, and, and he'll, he'll get you uh, uh, at some point, he'll make an impact. So that's what I got out of that. Jay's very cut and dry, but a very good coach, by the way. Absolutely, yeah. And like you said, uh, Cameron Hughes is really good in – he's really good in the neutral zone. He's really good in his own defensive zone. Uh, he plays the puck well. Um, he's, not, he's, not, he's not going to give up the puck. He's not going to cough it up in bad areas. Uh, and I thought in his first day what he was brought up to do. And um, – He's one of those guys, like you said, you can just plug in. You don't really have to worry about him, and that's the major thing. You don't want to have to shield guys as much in the NHL, and you don't really have to with him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just looking at real quick the league standings uh, in stats-wise, 
the Providence Bruins have two in the top 20, and obviously that's Paul Carey uh, with his 10 points in 13 games and Peter Solarik with his 10 and 7. So, and, and no, notably, Peter Solarik is uh, at a goal 0.43 pace per game. So that's pretty good. Um, getting the iPad out of the way. Going down to the East Coast Hockey League, the Atlanta Gladiators uh, forward Samuel Asseline has six goals, three assists in the last three games and has at least a point in every game since joining the Glads team before the 2019-20 regular season started. Uh, in seven games thus far, the undrafted Asseline has six goals, seven assists, 13 points, and uh, it is at a league high in, with an average of 1.86 points per game um, in the last five games. So uh, Samuel was a free agent signing of the AHL's Providence Bruins out of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, who led the league in goals in the 2018-19 regular season with the Halifax Mooseheads. Before joining the Halifax team, he won the Memorial Cup with the Acadie Batters Teton after being traded uh, in the 2017-18 season with Shawinigan. Uh, the Atlantic Gladiators have a 4-3-0 record and sit fourth in the Atlantic, uh, I'm sorry, in the East Coast Hockey League South Division with four, four points out of first place, currently held by the South Carolina Stingrays, who have 12 points. So I think Asseline is going to be one of those players um, that could be called up sooner rather than later if the Una Companion, Copanen uh, project is not going to work. I think that he might be a replacement. Scott Conway, who also signed a uh, AHL deal, was also brought up with Copanen. Um, I, he, I haven't really seen much of him in, in the two games that he's played for Providence. Uh, nothing really stands out to me. Um, solid player. Good story, you know. He's uh, he was born in England. His father was a uh, an English hockey player back in the eighties, nineties. So I'm gonna write. I think I'm gonna write an article about that. But uh, no, I mean, I just think that Asseline, the way he plays is uh, is is something that could be fit into Jay Leach's scheme and uh, get some get some goals and an already fast fast team. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, he's doing exactly what you want him to do. Um, the biggest thing with a player like that is um, you don't want him to get discouraged being sent down to the ECHL to start the season. Uh, it shows a lot about his character that he's taken that in stride and uh, succeeded and played so well. And he realizes the only way to get to where he wants to get is to play well in the ECHL. And he is. That's definitely a testament to his character. Yeah, and I've seen his skill on, on hand at, at development camp. It was uh, it was a pleasure to watch. I mean, the kid's fast. He's a little, little, little Marshand. You know, I mean, not not to that skill level, but he's just got that that little body, the grit. I don't take nothing attitude, and and has the the hands and the uh, the NHL release to score some filthy goals. Absolutely, so. yeah. He, I'm I'm really glad to see that he's doing well, and he's someone to keep an eye on uh, for the fans. He, you'll probably end up hearing his name, as Mark said, sooner rather than later. Absolutely. Uh, moving on to the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, the Moncton Wildcats. Uh, my friend and friend of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, Rogers TV North, New Brunswick, and Quebec Major Junior Hockey League scout Craig Eagles wrote a fantastic article 
for the first down sports podcast.com website about Boston Bruins prospect and Moncton Wildcats defenseman Axel Anderson's new role in his first year in Moncton. Eagles mentions in the article he published on November 3rd that the former second round pick of the Bruins in 2018 has found a bit of chemistry with fellow Wildcats blue liner Sean Stewart and both could be Moncton's first power play unit moving forward. Solid, solid things to hear. Craig mentions that the Wildcats are winners of eight straight games for the surging Moncton club and newcomer Anderson has been a big part of that. The 19-year-old Anderson has seven assists in nine games played, still searching for his first Quebec Major Junior Hockey League goal, which could come this week with Moncton in action on Friday and Sunday this coming weekend. So that's some, that's some encouraging news right there about a young player that in 2018, I was surprised because I had media credentials for the uh, development camp. And as soon as that camp ended, he, they signed him quickly to a three-year entry-level deal. So they saw something really positive. But I'm also not sure, Tim, and I'm not sure if you know anything about this, um, but that also might entice him to come over um, faster instead of going home to develop. I think they wanted to get him closer to the, uh, the areas of operation, whether it be Providence. Uh, you know, Moncton is not far from Boston at all. It's just right over the border, uh, the main border. You, you probably have a better chance of getting there before I do. But, um, <laughs> no, but keep them in the North American style where the, the rinks are smaller uh, and you can really hone his defensive game that way. So um, I, I think the, the Bruins have something, but he's got to build. It's like my wife said, we were talking about this, uh, Courtney, we were talking about this a while, a couple days ago, watching the Bruins game is, uh, you know, in development, you need, mus- you need muscle mass. You need to lose the body fat, get the muscle mass. And she, she pointed out a great, great example was David Pasternak. The way he came into the league, a scrawny little runt that went in, you know, and then started to learn how to hit and give hits and not be the, 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 uh, the bearer of bad news on the opposite side of that. So um, it's just great examples. And I, I think what Craig was writing and what Craig's been telling me on the regular and the guys from the um, – the Wildcast podcast, and I always say that wrong, but it's uh, it's a great great hockey podcast that they talk about Axel a lot. I highly suggest you subscribe. So, uh, your thoughts on Axel at all? Yeah, I agree. I think I think it's something where they definitely wanted to get him close to their area of operation, and I think there's something to be said for um, having him develop more on the smaller rink rather than playing over in Sweden. I think with a lot of with hockey, a lot of the stuff these younger guys need to learn is a lot of muscle memory stuff. And with, with that, they need to kind of learn the areas of the rink. They need to learn how to play a different style. And the younger you are coming over here, the better chance you are going to have developed sooner. I think that's kind of what the Bruins wanted. Is they wanted them in their, in their system. They wanted them here in the North American rink. And so they signed him quickly. And, I mean, it's paying dividends. I mean, scoring at a 0.78 points per game, that's phenomenal. That's great. That's something you want to see. And uh, I'm, I'm really encouraged what I hear going forward to the Bruins. Yeah. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back to talk about some NCAA hockey. So don't go anywhere. Passion. Talent. 
development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Nick Bukestad. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! David Backus. And Zach Parisi were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! Hey, Bruins fans, we're back. Uh, episode four, part two of the Black and Gold Prospects podcast. I'm here with host, co-host Tim Richardson, fantastic writer over the blackgoldhockey.com website. I suggest you bookmark that website. And while you're bookmarking that website, we please ask that even at the holidays, it's November, Christmas is coming soon. Please think of us. Think of us great people over at the Black and Gold Hockey team. And uh, go to the blackandgoldhockey.com website and just if you have any sports apparel that you want to buy for your father, your mother, your kids, your uncle, your aunts, whatever, anything, NFL, NHL, baseball, NASCAR, whatever, click on that Bruins Fanatics banner and navigate anywhere you need to go off of that website and shop hard and shop often because we get a commission off of it and it really helps us um, keep this show afloat and and the many shows that we have and the website so it's all generated from people like you so please if you can donate we certainly appreciate it but we are back we are going to talk about some ncaa hockey and we're, we're going to start off in in my in my boy tim's wheelhouse uh the university of maine goaltender jeremy swayman he is currently on a three game unbeaten streak and ended up finishing the uh, first weekend of November with a 4-2 win at Boston University on Friday, November 1st, and a 2-2 tie against BU, uh, the BU Terriers, on Saturday the 2nd. Swayman has a 5-2-1 record with a 2.68 goals against and a .923 save percentage. Maine is back to work this weekend with two games at U- UMass Lowell um, starting on Friday night at 7.15. Uh, your thoughts, my friend. This is your guy. Oh, man. He, he's playing so well right now. He's he's the main reason why that they're, the University of Maine hockey team is doing as well as they are. Um, going back over his last uh, three games, he, they played Vermont. They beat Vermont 2-1, to one, which is um, a conference rival. So it's always good to get those wins. He stopped 31 of 32 shots, and they won 2-1. to one. Uh, which was a great showing from him. And then against BU, he was absolutely peppered. In the first game, he faced 41 shots and stopped 39 of them. And in the second game, there the tie, he faced 37 shots and blocked 35 of them. He's a wall right now. He's playing so well. And it's crazy that you say how good his stats are right now. And that still includes the game in which he faced 59 shots and gave up seven goals. He's, yeah. he's just playing otherworldly at this point. Yeah, but after that game, he gave up that seven, that touchdown. Um, you know, that, that was his turnaround game. That was like, this is stops now. We need to move forward. I need to move forward. Let's go. And, and that's what this University of Maine hockey team has seemingly done since then, was use that as a staple point to let, let you know, Let's, let's mark it, forget about it, and, and go. I think this could be a decent team this season in Hockey East. Um, so, 
remains to be seen, but uh, you, you do have to love what happened uh, when, you, when you hear good things about a Bruins prospect and a goaltender like Jeremy Swayman. And I don't know if you know this at all, but you, when he was uh, invited to Team USA for the World Juniors, it was because he was seeing so many shots. Now, I talked to Mike Dunham, the uh, Providence Bruin, I'm sorry, the Boston Bruins assistant, like goaltending coach, and he mentioned that the same thing. As uh, they were, he had so many shots. He was the the only goal, only other goaltender besides Ottinger and and the other goaltender was it was it Joseph Wall? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, those those three saw all those Americans were the top three that was seeing so much rubber that season. And even though Swayman wasn't the better of the goaltenders selected, he was one that saw all that puck. So. That's why pretty much he got that that nod. And I think that's really helped his development a lot is seeing as many shots as he has. Um, He's able to, uh, again, muscle memory is a big thing, especially with goaltenders. He's able to see the shots, get in position, work on his positioning more. Um, And that's, I mean, the only way to get better is get repetitions. It's the only way you're going to get better. And He's getting them tenfold and seeing 30-plus shots a night at me. He basically is their defense at this point. And, you know, he's, he's, up to the, he's being up to the task now. And, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if after this season uh, he signs his entry-level deal with the Bruins and ends up either in Atlanta or Providence next season. Oh, good call. Good call. I think you should write an article about that. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on to the I mean, next one. I want to. There's, I know there's a Swayman article in the queue right now, and if that person doesn't end up doing it, I think I am going to do something with him. Okay. Was that, is that me? Did I write that article? No. Uh, Pat, maybe? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. He did. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll get on him about that because <laughs> I want to read one. Um, uh, finishing up in the NCAA uh, Division One men's hockey, uh, Yale University finally got off the, uh, off the foot. They finally, finally started their season. Um, and Curtis Hall, off to a great start in his first game of the regular season, got his first two goals of the 2019-20 campaign on Friday night, November First in a three to two victory over fellow Ivy League Brown University, the Yale Bulldogs get back to work this weekend, starting on Friday night, November eighth, at home against Colgate, and Saturday night, November 9th, against Cornell. So positive things from Curtis Hall. I expect him to have a bigger year and play a bigger role than he did as a freshman uh, with the Bulldogs. So uh, he's his his skill set and speed is second to none. He's just got to learn. Um, how to use his speed and vision through the ice. I believe that things they're going to have to work on bulk up, uh, but use those, use that college ice man to your benefit. Cause uh, I mean, he's, he's definitely got a great stride. Um, he looks really good. And I think he could fit a really good part into this future uh, Bruins team. But as a, as a sophomore, after his first two games, it's kind of hard to judge for me personally, where exactly he might fit in the future. But, Plenty of good things to see and a great start. Yeah, absolutely. A great start getting those two goals. And I think something with 
I think that's something the Bruins have done a really good job of as of late is getting is identifying those players that are in the NCAA and kind of helping them along. So I think they obviously obviously draft having him in their system. They see something about him. They saw something about him. But I think that it was that awesome they, flow. <laughs> yeah, the flow is great. <laughs> that's definitely hockey air. <laughs> but with the Bruins being so good kind of identifying those guys in the NCAA, I think he'll end up being good. I expect him to, kind, like you said, he needs to kind of uh, bulk up a little bit, needs to add, maybe add some muscle a little bit. And then just the NCAA is, there's a lot of big, tough players in the NCAA and just kind of got to sharpen your skates a little bit there and uh, hone your skills. And I think you will. It's a good start. And, um, I mean, the Ivies, it's a tough league. They have, you know, Harvard, Yale, and those are good teams that are always in contention come playoff time. So he's going to, he's going to see that competition. Absolutely. Well said, my friend. Uh, and wrapping up the prospects podcast uh, with this uh, topic is the United States Hockey League Green Bay Gamblers, 18 <clears throat> year old forward, Jake Smaltz. Uh, had an assist in Friday, November 1st, 4 to nothing victory over Sioux City Musketeers, snapping a four-game pointless streak uh, where he notched zero points um, on Saturday with a 4-1 to loss to the same Sioux City club. Uh, the future 2020-21 North Dakota commit and his Musketeers club are back in action at home this weekend at the Tyson Event Center with two games against the Youngstown Phantoms. Actually. Um, Curtis Hall played for the Youngstown Phantoms um, two years ago before you went to Yale. So and that's a great, great, great system. I watch a ton of their games on, um, on uh, HockeyTech.com, and I just said that wrong, but it was a uh, some, Hockey TV, HockeyTV.com, uh, fantastic service. But, uh, yeah, they're back in action on November 9th and, and finishing up the festivities on Saturday night, the 10th. So... I like what Jake Smaltz brings to the table and what the Green Bay Gamblers are doing with him. Um, so not a lot of news uh, from the NCA front. I know we have seven prospects in the system. Um, Jack Becker, John Beecher, Cam Clark. We talked about Curtis Hall. We, uh, we didn't talk about Dustin Fall. We didn't talk about Quinn Olson. We did talk about Jeremy Swayman. Just those guys aren't really doing much. We just, I, I, you know, I haven't seen much of them or uh, seen on the stat sheet uh, that they've, been doing well to to start following them on their trends so uh and to keep it short because the Bruins are coming on they're playing a, a national hockey league rival in the Montreal Canadiens uh, I know that me and Tim are getting ready and we're getting pumped up for that game so um yeah is there anything else you wanted to add oh no I've got everything everything that I had on my list has been said it was good. good to see Cam Hughes. Good to see uh, Cam Clark. Um, we might as well bring it up. I mean, it's not breaking news, but Zach Seneshin could get in the lineup tonight. I'm um, not sure what's going on with that. Uh, Bruce Cassidy did say that he was going to – there's a good chance he could be in the lineup, but uh, it remains to be seen what's going on with that. I'm actually switching my, my TV over to Nesson right now as we wrap this up just to uh, get an idea what the lineups look like. Actually, you know what I should have done was I should have gone to Jack Edwards' um, tweet and see if uh, oh, yeah. if he's in there. But 
regardless. Jack hasn't tweeted today. Oh, he hasn't? No. Uh-oh. Okay, so Jack nope. hasn't tweeted. We will – if he plays, we'll talk about it next week. So we won't, we won't let you guys – we won't keep you waiting. I know this is a podcast and you're probably not waiting, yeah, but anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Tim, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much for listening. Please um, follow us, follow the main uh, podcast that's, that's on the same RSS feed, the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Uh, go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, anywhere where you find your podcasts, we're there on every platform most likely. And if we're not, let me know. I'll see what I can do to get you on. But thank you very much for listening. Uh, thank you, everybody, for contributing uh, financially, whether you share on Facebook, whether you re retweet our stuff. We thank you very much. But anyway, go Bruins, go Providence Bruins, go Atlanta, go NCAA, go hockey, baby. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.